Hello and welcome to chapter 9 of the director's diary. Um, I've held off from doing this episode and I'm plunging in now. Um, I'm in lockdown, I'm in my flat in Leeds and um, I hope you're all well wherever you're listening. And I, The reason why I'm doing this episode is to offer some sort of connection, although it is just me speaking, but to, to offer some... Uh, guidance hopefully but but more more than that just to offer thoughts and so you get an insight into how I'm feeling that might uh strike a chord with how you're feeling um yeah I think it's important to to have difficult conversations that's why I set up this podcast I think it's important in times of crisis to speak about process and speak about how people are dealing with this um that's why I set this podcast, so that's why I'm deciding to do this now. The first point is a point of interest, really. Um, I've done a bit of reading into um, a prisoner called Shaka Senghor. And uh, he's quite famous. He's come out of prison and he's talked about his um, time behind bars. But he spent 19 years in jail. Seven of those were in solitary confinement. And I think if I had to put a thing, my finger on what the main cause of anxiety is at the moment, I think it's that sense that people um, can't control what's going on. And I think it's the uncertainty of how long it's going to last. I think that is the main cause of concern. Obviously, there's a there's a health issue and there's a there's a there's all the anxiety about not being able to see friends and family. And not being able to do your normal day to day life, there is all of that thing, all those things going on. But I think if you boil it right down, we're all faced with this massive thing that we all can't control, and and no one really knows how this thing's going to play. So that uncertainty, the the going into the unknown, Shaka talks about that, um, and there's a lot online that I've come across. Specifically, those seven years in solitary confinement, I think you can make an analogy to the way that we're living at the moment. He talks about the first two years being really, really difficult, mentally uncertain, um, hell on earth, in a in a cell on his own with no window, no, no sense of time, um, or any contact with anyone else. And then something changed in his mentality. He um, started taking control of the things in his life which weren't you know weren't a huge amount he started creating a routine for himself he took control of a fitness routine he um he began thinking of creative ideas he started writing he started journaling and he started meditating as well and all of those things built up into a, a daily routine that he did every every day. He progressed in those. I think progress. I think showing ourselves that we're progressing at something is something that brings us happiness on a day to day level. And at the moment, we're not being able to do that as much. So, creating a sense of progress, I think, is really important. So, how you do that is up to you. But um, how I've done that is I've set five or six goals I want to achieve every day I'm going to be honest I haven't hit all of them all of the time but I've got a big whiteboard and I'm totaling down kind of crossing off the boxes if I did that that thing in that day 
And I guess this is this is habit training, isn't it? It's the doing those small things that contribute towards a bigger picture of uh, happiness and fulfillment and and progress. But the main thing that Shaka says in his time in solitary confinement is there was a switch he made mentally from uh, accepting that um, accepting that things out of his control were things to worry about. And that change from, from that mentality to uh, an internal locus of control. So worrying about things that he could control, worrying about things that were in his domain, not worrying about how long his sentence would last. I think in this time of crisis as well, a lot of people I've talked to, a lot of artists especially, are finding that that freelance guilt of not doing things or not being able to work is really affecting their mental health and, and causing anxiety because you need to work and, and if I'm not working, I'm not doing anything and I feel bad watching Netflix or, or spending time just to read a book or whatever. But I think now more than ever, people in the arts need to find compassion towards themselves that I just think that is bottom line that, that finding finding yourself making mistakes or failing and then being really really hard on yourselves especially in this climate is not helpful at all and um and we know this we know it's we know it's set, set up to to interrogate ourselves we know it's not the most healthy thing but I think when when I think about it I think about what would I say to a really good friend? So if a, if a friend fails or makes a mistake, you don't just jump in there and go, "Well, you should have prepared harder, and you should have um, you should have done this and this and this." You're not really hard on them. You you maybe create a more positive attitude to it and go, "Well, I know you tried really hard, but next time, maybe you could think about this." Or so it's uh, it's finding that compassionate angle for yourself. I think is most important now more than ever. The next point in my diary is um, about responsibility for your actions, and this is a this is aimed at companies, individuals, friends, family. This is it's it's everyone, and it's that idea that yes, we're in a really shit situation at the moment. We're in a situation where no one knows anything really about what's going to happen next. But what I do know is that every single person will remember how companies and individuals acted in this time of crisis. They will remember the companies who didn't uh, protect their workforce. They will remember politicians that lied. They will remember individuals that flaked on promises, that didn't contact them, that... Um, yeah, it's, it's just our actions now will be remembered and I think people forget that. I, th I think people will think that this virus will be an excuse for not acting in a way that would have been seen as acceptable. I think people are wrong about that and I think people will, rem will remember. I'm really proud that Riptide have been able to pay every single freelancer for the, the time and work that they've done. Um, I think that's one of the main things that I wanted to ensure is kind of people being paid and and freelancers who are already the one you know one of the most vulnerable um proportions of society uh not being looked after 
uh, really by the government um, with the kind of furlough scheme. Or and I understand there's complexities to that, but there are companies who are not paying freelancers, for example. Um, and I think when it comes when things get back to normal, whatever that normal looks like, people will will remember. So just if you're listening to this and you uh, and you lead a company or if you are collaborating with other people, I think it's important to remember how we act and that comes back to compassion. It comes back to uh, responsibility and and respect for others. I think the next point I I wanted to to really. Um, get honest and uh and offer how i'm feeling and um and hopefully that chimes with maybe some of the feelings you're um going through um to to maybe offload maybe maybe this is for me as well as it is for for people listening but um i'm feeling tired uh mentally fatigued um and also uh physically fatigued although i'm not doing much exercise I think with uh, with Riptad, I've got I've had a kind of two or three weeks of uh, crisis control and trying to solve a problem of of what we're going to do next. And obviously, this problem is not if we're not able to solve it. So that's been difficult to come to terms with. Um, I think a lot of us in the arts are the kind of problem solvers and kind of finding solutions to things. And I think we thrive on that. And I think when we're faced with something that we can't solve it's difficult um, I'm also tired of uh, the kind of competitiveness online there's so much explosion which is amazing it's great but the it's overwhelming and it's um, yeah there's so much of it and it's uh, it's almost like every company is vying for digital space now now that um, theatre space and and gallery spaces and all the rest of it, physical space has been taken away. It's almost like everyone is competing on Twitter or online in some form. And I love the I love and hate the kind of explosion of online content. I think it's great that National Theatre are doing um, and offering access to um, amazing productions, but I think it really highlights uh, the holes in our cultural sector and highlights who and what can be shown online um, at the moment. In terms of uh, the inequality, there are lots of amazing companies, amazing individuals or live live artists, for example, or, or more of the kind of DIY scene that's kind of been left behind purely because of the inequality and not being able to have the, um, the National Theatre Live standard of... Uh, document documenting live performance and i've said this throughout the process about the process of the podcast that documentation is everything so if there was ever a, a moment that, that 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 is evident it's now um we're seeing companies who have documented their work well offering it for free and and then they've kind of exploded online because people are refinding or finding um their work and their work looks great, and it's and it uh, you know it's been documented well. It's a, I think if there was ever a time that to highlight that, it's now. So I'm feeling tired. I'm feeling tired. I, I'm also feeling a sense of disbelief as well. Still, 
kind of um, in denial a little bit about how we've got to this point. We were due to open a big immersive show last week. And it's kind of coming to terms with how have we got to this point where we've got nothing. And um, yeah, I, I hope uh, I hope that chimes with some people as well. Um, I'm feeling scared. Um, and I think that's... I'm not, I think I'm not the only person feeling that. Um, we're obviously seeing the, the gravity of the situation unfolding every single day. Um, it's scary when one of the main things that you know you would hope you have in place your health um, is is being uh, attacked or, or threatened in some way scared for family members scared for friends um, and the last kind of feeling main feeling I'm feeling um is a sense of kind of loneliness and isolation and kind of disconnect. Um, and how I've kind of dealt with that is uh, kind of FaceTiming people, um, Zoom chats with friends I haven't spoken to in years, uh, which have been really great, actually. And, and, and I have introvert qualities, so I'm quite happy on my own. Um, so it's been a bit of a push to try and do those things um i'm always a bit like i just i'll do it later or or, i'm I'm never the never the one really um craving those interactions usually i don't know it's weird i am but i'm not i'm i am i'm craving the interactions but i don't pick up the phone i don't i don't know what that is i don't know what that says about me um i'm also hosting a, a live quiz um every saturday with friends and family um, which is a bit of fun, but to to have that kind of routine is important for me, I think. And with that, I think there's going to be a massive explosion of um, people craving live experiences and, and, and art and culture. So now I want to talk a little bit about the crisis that we're in and try and find positives in it, um, because I think there are some. I think they're definitely... Are moments that we can that we can take and I mean a lot of us when we were working and really busy and uh, and you know not having time for to just sit and um, relax we were craving this moment in a way we weren't craving a global pandemic but we were craving the time and permission to stop and rest and pick up that book that you've always meant to read. Like there's there's been things that we've been putting off that now we can do. And hopefully now we can do without that freelancer guilt that kicks in and uh that voice saying that we should be working. Um I think the positives in the crisis, I've put positives in in the crisis and I've listed a lot of positives that we can find. And I think one of them is about reframing our thinking and about finding positive habit building. Um, I'm learning a new language on Duolingo. I can highly recommend it. But there's, there's other things you can do. You can read that book that's been sitting on your shelf. You will have a book in your house that you bought that you initially thought, yeah, that'd be really interesting, and it's just gone straight on the shelf. I'm the same. I'm guilty of that. I've got tens, tens, if not more, twenties of books like that. This is a moment of pause and, and rest and... 
going back to that idea of having compassion for yourself, it's that moment that you're you're allowed to rest now. You're allowed to sleep in and to pause and to look after yourself and to find that mindful stop, which we rarely, rarely have. It's an opportunity to to journal and to really go on a journey with yourself, I guess, as, as corny as that sounds, but kind of to to journal your... I think if you create, like I have, a, an artistic journal and you write every single idea you have, you suddenly build up this wealth of um, creativity that you can then go back to when things are back to normal or or that you can continue to, to be creative through that. Another thing I think this time allows us to do is connect with friends connect with nature again if you're if you're able to um if you've got a garden or something i've got an allotment now that i'm uh attending to which is uh exciting and uh aging me by about 50 years but um i'm really enjoying having that time outside um i think that's really important what this also gives us is a, a time to look at how we could potentially reshape the cultural sector that we live in. I think people are craving that what is what has been lost, so the 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 live experiences, the music gigs, the the being together in the same room as um as a lot of other people. And I think what we will see is an explosion of people offering those experiences. So it's a, it's a it's a time now to to really plan and um see how you're going to execute on providing those experiences that people are, are craving at the minute so that that project that you're thinking about doing when I'm talking about those things that's the project that you should be putting an action plan together for right now to launch that project as soon as, as soon as we're out of this weird lockdown and if you haven't got a project in your head when I say that it's a time to think about what the project would be in a kind of dream scenario in a in a don't think about the res- the restrictions at the minute think about what would you want to offer people and that's the thing you should be th- thinking about that's the thing that should go into your daily routines to and and every single day you you do a little bit more of that project that project may never happen but in anything in anything that is creative it's exercising that that muscle that is important I think I will talk a bit more about this in an actual uh, full-on episode, but what I think I'm talking about here is feeling the fear and doing it anyway, which is a skill and it takes a certain type of bravery, but I think if not now, then when. And the last thing I want to talk about um, with uh, within the context of the, the virus and, the, and, and lockdown especially is how how the restrictions are breeding creativity or how they could breed creativity. So the the restriction on not being able to go out and not being able to uh, be in a theatre, for example, that is a restriction that would allow a writer or a theatre maker to think outside of the box to to produce an audio work or to produce uh, an online live Zoom video chat thing or to create a series of monologues that are a series and you and you send them out every day at the same time or whatever whatever it is but to 
but those restrictions, like in any other project, in if you're working on a project um, and you had a limited budget, you have to think outside the box, you have to problem solve, and to... The, the restrictions that, you, that people moan about are actually the things that are forcing you to think creatively. So this big, t- the big time of massive restrictions could be the time of the most creativity you've ever had. And to just uh, put a bit of story behind this, um, during the Great Plague of London, uh, I think it was around 1665, um, Cambridge University shut down and Isaac Newton was forced to stay home. And during this time, he invented he invented calculus, parts of the optic theory, and allegedly, while sitting in his garden, he saw an apple fall from a tree that inspired his understanding of gravity and the laws of motion. So that is what is possible in times of isolation and shutdown. I think Shakespeare managed to write King Lear whilst the plague was going on. It's, it's those times of... Um, restriction and and things that um, things that happen which are not in our control that maybe help us create our best work. Uh, Victor Hugo um, famously threw out all of his clothes because he was hosting too many dinner parties in Paris and um, he was late on a deadline. He was, he was pushing back and. His publishers, I think, refused to pay, so he threw out all of his clothes. He just had a, a robe and a candle um, to to stop him uh, from, you know, being in that really bad habit of hosting dinner parties and not writing. And he he wrote, um, I think it was Hunchback of Notre Dame. I'm, I might be wrong on that, but he wrote a really famous um, work. But what that anecdote is is you putting. Um, the controls on yourself, the restrictions on yourselves. So I cannot go out because I don't have clothes. It's, a, it's an ex- extreme one, but it's it's something that, that you could do. For example, you could, if you're wanting to write um, more, you could put um, a notepad by your kettle and every time you go make a cup of tea or coffee, you have to write something in a kind of short... Every time the kettle is boiling, you have to be writing. That kind of habit training thing is maybe helpful or brushing your teeth or something like that something that you already do a lot putting another habit with it is um could be useful and i'll finish today with um a couple of kind of uh things that i've been thinking this week uh things that keep me going and ha- things that i found ex- inspiring um to kind of spread that one of them is on self-talk and i think this is really important in the minute we're often stuck in our own heads now more than ever um, and I was reading about the power of what we say to ourselves, and that there's a guy called Jim Quick, who's a, a person, a, a world leader on, on meta thinking, how how we learn to learn, and he says that your subconscious is always listening into what you're saying. So when you say to yourself, "I'm no good at remembering names," you're actually training your brain to act in that way to serve the thing you just said. So it's really important to to censor that negative self-talk. Maybe this is obvious to some people, but I think it's it's interesting to me that people who say that they're bad at names never remember your name. Or, or people who say, oh, I'm always running late, are always late. Your subconscious is always listening in. And the next thing is um, kind of four or five things that I've 
collected over this over this week or two. The first is a a line that says, "Today's the oldest you've ever been, and the youngest you'll ever be." And and also I've um, read these four steps that I think is really helpful. So the four steps are: cancel your subscription to other people's negativity and drama and judgment. Stop downgrading your dreams to fit your reality and upgrade your thinking and knowledge and grit to match where you're going. Believe that three months can change your life and that you can and that you will. And persistency is what will get you there, but consistency is what will keep you there. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope it was helpful. I hope um, some of the feelings resonated with you. I will be doing another one soon. I'll be releasing um, a really exciting podcast that I made with uh, a good friend and someone I really admire, it's Ryan Gilmartin, that will come out next week. And then I think I'll be doing this weekly now. I think I'll get it into my weekly routine to do and so that um, you can see what Riptide are doing, what I'm doing as an individual, as a freelancer, to, um, to maybe to give you actual practical insight into what we're doing as a company at the minute thank you very much and stay safe